Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. Today, actually, God has been really been placing in my heart for you guys is to understand that you and I are in a battle for our flesh versus the spirit. Now that we know Jesus, we have been given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us the better understanding of who God is, help us to to read the scriptures correctly in a way that it builds the relationship between man and God. The issue is, even though Jesus saved us and he has forgiven all of our sins, if we have accepted him as our savior, we are not removed from our sin nature 100%. We will always have the flesh desiring and wanting heavily for us to disobey God, to do everything counter of what God's word says. So the question is today, is there a way to be able to not sin? And straightforward, the answer is no. But there is a way to find breakthrough through sins that is more of repetitive. There are sins that we keep chasing after desires of our flesh because we have filled our hearts and our mind with the desire of the world and desiring after the flesh. So the answer to all of this is that we can never truly be non-sinned until we are actually in heaven because that's where we will be transformed will will be where there is no sin there is no death and there is no hell but here on earth we're in a battlefield we are in a constant battlefield every day trying to serve god trying to stay on track trying to stay away from the sinful world's desires and we've been talking about where men dealing with pride, we've talked about where, you know, God's calling us and we're hesitant. I mean, there is so much where our sin nature affects the way we think. So one of the things is that if you were to look through scripture and if you were to study, especially like in the Old Testament and some of the stories, you get to see what happens when people love God. You get to see people when they fall. You get to see that when they rise up again. And the thing is, if we were to talk about even David, which we've mentioned before, you know, he was chosen by God to be one day king. And it was because he chased after God's heart. So that means that it was an everyday thing where he was chasing after the desires of God. But the thing is, guys, if you were to continue to read about David's story, we discover that he makes mistakes. And one of the biggest ones he ever did was when he, who being king at this time, and there was a war going on, decided to leave the battlefield and come home. Now, it was the duty for the king to be with his men, not to come back home. And so he came home to basically chill. While he was chilling, he went onto his roof and he noticed a woman who was bathing, which was the first thing he should have done is just turn around, gone back inside. But instead continued to gaze and then he called for that woman to come to him and then he slept with her now here's the catch guys she was a married woman two he had adultery actions with her 
So he not only looked at her with lust, but then he had sex with her. And then to make matters worse, she became pregnant with his child. Now, as a man after God's own heart, you would think you had done the right thing, brought the husband back, apologized, asked forgiveness, and tried to make things right with him. But instead, he'd try to bring the husband back to try to get him to sleep with his wife so that he would think it was his child. When that didn't work, he tried to do a different method of the same concept by getting him drunk. And then he decided, since that wasn't going to work, then I'll do the worst thing in the face of the planet I could do to somebody, get him murdered. Now, this is a man who was chasing after God's heart. And this is the type of choice that he made to fix his problem. And in response, God confronts him through Nathan and then basically tells him that the child's going to die because of what he has done. If you continue to study into what David does later, he does write a psalm, which is a prayer to God, um, hoping that he would spare the baby, but at the same time, recognizing the sovereignty of God. And I think that's one of the things, men, is that when we are struggling with sin, when we're chasing after things that we want that is not godly, we think we can get away with whatever it may be. But eventually what happens is in us, our hearts get corrupted, our minds get corrupted, our way of thinking uh, uh, towards like our wife, our girlfriend, or even friends in our lives, it starts showing in our actions. It starts showing in the appearance of things that they do and how they act and how they treat people. But there's going to be a time where if you continue to chase after it, God may let you just deal with it, do it, and he will not try to confront you about it. And the thing is, it's a consequence that actions can happen from it. In Romans uh, 1, 18 through 20, it talks about God's wrath and unrighteousness. So he says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So right there, it's telling you because you're chasing after God's not going after God and you're chasing after the world's stuff and the world's imagery of what is quote unquote, okay. You suppress the truth. So right now, if you're walking in this sin on a daily basis, repetitively over and over again, and then you're still trying to spend time with God, you, you can't do both. You can't serve both masters in this situation. You, you can't do it. So what happens is your sin nature starts blocking or blinding you to God's truth. Verse 19, it says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So by this, it's telling us we have absolutely no excuse for us in nature. It is very clear that God has identified himself as holy 
has identified himself as a righteous God, but it also identifies him as a judge. It also identifies that he will give us warnings and he will show us that we're not doing what he's asked of us. But it comes down to it that it's our choice. So if we don't choose to follow what God has asked of us, we are purposely disobeying God. So I want you guys to really think about your life. I want you guys to go through what you could be doing that's repetitive. I know several several sins that men do struggle, many many men do, is, is one of them especially is pornography. Many men struggle at getting away from this sin. And it's, it's a feeding of the lust and desires of men's wanting of women. And in some cases, men who chase after men, which is also another sin as well. The idea is, guys, to find a breakthrough, to step through this fleshly desire comes from spending time with the one person in the world that can change you seeking him out chasing after him as David did because see the thing is guys David thought he got away with the sin when Nathan approached him about it he got confronted that's God's confrontation to to the to him to give him the chance to repent if I believe if David did not repent asked forgiveness and even mourned over the baby for what he had done that God probably would have taken the kingdom from him because God is this is not a joke to him this is not something that he takes lightly when you sin so when you're doing the same sin over and over again he is heartbroken he is angry he is frustrated with you because he can give you what you need but you keep chasing after what you want so other sins that i see ben struggle with too is also indulging in their hobbies to avoid responsibility in a lot of cases this is one of the things that causes issues with their kids when a parent decides that they'd rather do what they want to do over spending time with their kids can cause their kids to have not the best up growth in their spiritualness and in their whether they're a guy or girl helping them become the man and woman they're supposed to be because this is what they see that being an adult means do whatever i want and not care about my kid i also think it also happens with men who have a really stressful life at work and then they come home and they feel like they're being nagged at and attacked by their own family so they go into their hobbies to get away now i want you to understand it's okay to do that as long as you don't neglect your responsibility as the man of the house other sins that i see men really do is spend a lot of time at work like we've talked about in the last conversation american dream actually two sessions ago the American dream. Men feel that they must make as much money as possible, gain the prestige, the power, the position that they need to be men. And God doesn't desire us to be chasing after that. 
the chasing should be after him and he will provide everything we need. But this is the thing is, guys, we need to understand that the sins in our lives cause issue. Okay. They, it's not just for us. It causes issues to our families, our friends, our work life. But it also tells me that if there is more worldly desire in your life than there is God, that also means that there's neglection of doing what God has asked of you, a a disobedience, a form of laziness in some ways. This is why I also have some issue with some churches who have quote unquote men's ministries and all they do is a breakfast on one Saturday, maybe do a big event on one weekend, and that's it. We can't make the assumption that every man, man, men in all the churches that are in the United States know what it means to be a man. In fact, a lot of times when we think somebody is actually the ideal man, we discovered that they are struggling to be what they want to be as a man. And and the main issue is because our culture teaches us that men are supposed to be a certain way. So the main battle in a lot of men that I see is the sin that's in their life or the worldliness that they bring into their home that controls their aspect of their manhood. So instead of having men standing up to be leaders in the church by, you know, praying, starting study groups, training other men, mentoring other men, um, trying to get the men to meet more often. Because one of the things uh, that I have noticed too is that a lot of times men don't think they need other men. So they don't like the idea of spending time with other men in a more intimate situation when that is absolutely backwards. That's the the American culture that we've created that, you know, men that cry, you know, that they're wimps, men that need to count on Jesus, you know, that that's, that's being wimpy, um, that if you're not drinking beer and, chewing tobacco and smoking cigars, then you're not really a man. If you don't have your own home, you're not really a man. If you don't have your own car, then you're not really a man. If you don't have a family by now, then you're not really a man. This is kind of the concept that seems to be reflected in a lot of manhood. And my hope is that you guys start recognizing that if you don't allow this mindset to be a part of who you are and you start putting God in place, then you'll have a different perspective because we have been given the spirit of the Lord. When we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit enters us. Okay. And this, this is from Galatians five, starting in 16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 
Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, incessions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And this, verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And in verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So the last two verses especially stand out because if we live by the Spirit, then you need to keep in step. So the key thing is, men, if you don't want to do repeated sin, if you don't want to follow your flesh, you need to keep in step with the Spirit. And the only way you could do that is by having serious prayer time with God. It is by having serious scriptural time with God. And this is not just on Sundays. This is not just once a week. This is a daily thing, daily dose of God. It's just like when you were desiring to marry your, your wife, you know, you had to date her. And when you spent time dating her, you spent time stepping with her in life that you were in. You got to know her, spend time with her. You talked on the phone for hours. You maybe wrote letters. You maybe did nice things. You may have taken her to places and you got to know her. It's the same concept, guys. God wants you to be in step with him. And if you're not in step with him, then you can't expect to not sin. As soon as you kind of walk away from him, you already start backsliding. And the thing is, a lot of men that are able to get these breakthroughs for some of these repetitive sins in their life that they've been longing to get over with, they have not had those breakthroughs because they've never chased after God in a heavy way to help them get through that. And that means you may actually have to ask other people to help you through the process. That's why I've mentioned accountability. If you could find men in your life that you could feel accountable to, that if you, there is an issue in your life that you can reach out to and you guys can pray and talk with, spend time with each other, do it. Because having that accountability will help you in your walk. It'll keep you thinking on God. Because the thing is, the enemy already knows what it needs to do. It already knows that it needs to get you to focus on them. Focus on the worldly desires. Focus on your fleshly desires. Because the enemy isn't an idiot. If he sees that you struggle in something, it's going to use anything possible to get you hooked back on it. It will use friends, it will use the internet, it will use anything that you like to do to distract you from spending time with God. So this is the battle that you have to face every day. It's not something you can just take a break from it. It doesn't mean you can't have fun doing hobbies you like to do. It doesn't mean you can't go on a fish trip with the guys. It doesn't mean you can't go and just go to the park and hang out with nobody or even other friends you know it's okay to spend time where you need to spend time but you can't neglect your life you can't sit there and expect 
God to bless you and expect God to show you more about himself for you and what type of man he wants you to be if you're not spending any time with him. Like, I'm not asking you to spend 24-7, though God would love that, but even if you took 15 minutes of your day every day, then pushed it to 30, then pushed it to 45, then pushed it to an hour, we're talking one hour out of 24 hours that you spend time with God could make a huge difference compared to not spending any time with Him. I mean, praying, guys, you don't have to be on your knees sitting at your bed or in a closet to be talking with God. You can talk to him at any time you want. But then you should also make some time to have serious talk with God. To really pray and spend time in conversation. It doesn't mean that you have to have your Bible out flat on the table and sitting somewhere to be able to spend time reading the scriptures. You could do it on a daily basis. I mean, a challenge for you guys could be taking a verse and memorizing it. For the whole day, just sit there and just have it on a note card or something on your on your app, you know, because we have apps now. And you just take a few moments as you're working and just try to practice memorizing. It could mean talking to somebody, another guy that you know is walking the walk and just challenging each other, asking questions, sharing sermons, sharing quotes having a discussion about something that's going on in today in the churches, sharing a song or two. Like it's, it could be so simple as just sharing and talking and just spending time on a daily basis that can change your whole aspect of your life. It can help you fight the flesh in a better way. It can help you understand what it means to love God first and then be able to love other guys and to encourage one another, to build one another, to see each other growing because you are actually spending time with God on a daily basis. That's why I encourage churches, if anything, if any pastors are listening to this, small groups for men is very important. It is so powerful when you have men come together and be intimate, be that brotherhood that is needed in churches because you'll start seeing your men be leaders. You'll start seeing your men step up and doing what they're supposed to be doing in your church. You will start seeing these men lead their homes. You'll see these men repenting of sins and and walking the walk and teaching other men and being mentors and being encouragers, being, being what they need to be as men of God, being warriors once again, being able to stand up for truth and being able to protect what is godly and what is righteous. It all starts with having men come together, just like this podcast is supposed to be designing men to be able to hear and have talks. I have a Facebook group that I have a few men in there, and I would love to see these men start actually saying comments and sharing thoughts and you know getting more involved with each other, but it takes a long time sometimes. And so don't be discouraged if men aren't speaking to each other in these small groups. That's okay. I, I've seen it be very successful over time as you continue to show men vulnerability of what men should be. That's why I encourage like family life stepping up. That's why I encourage uh, Wild at Heart, if you have not read that book or even done their study series. Those two really help the men to really understand more about what they need to know as men. But right now, the main thing today, if you guys have some type of sin 
that is repetitive and you can't get the breakthrough you need, you need to chase after God. You need to find other men that are walking the walk and asking them to keep you accountable, to, to talk with about these things, to share, to pray over you. I mean, one of the coolest things is seeing other men pray for other men. And if you can get these small groups going, you will see that. So I ask guys, today is the best day for you to repent, to ask God to give you this breakthrough and to start chasing after him. But it really starts with you saying, I am willing to recognize what I'm doing and I need to change. And if your church does not have a men's group, start asking your pastor about it. Be willing to be able to start it. Do a small group of anything, but get men to be with other men so that they can help each other through this life. We are not fighting this battle alone, guys. All of us need other men to be able to keep us on track, to walk the path that we're supposed to, and to seek God together. Take this time. Pray about it. Repent. And see what God will do. I hope you guys have a blessed day.